This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends. Uh, more Premier League action to cover this week. Um, thank you very much for all the recent support on the latest videos. Got another good few messages about our free agent video. Um, so if you haven't checked them out already, guys, go and check out our top 15 transfers of this summer and our top 15 free agents list that we compiled over the last couple of weeks. There is some good content there, folks, so tune into it. But lads, just going to jump right into this this game week. Um Personally, uh, I am very disappointed with this game week, uh, fantasy-wise. It was absolutely brutal for myself. I don't know about you, um, but I think I only scored like 28 points or something in the end up. It was brutal, absolutely brutal. But going to start off with um, a, a scrap down at the bottom of the table. Everton, they've just come out of, of the relegation zone, lads. A good 5-1 win over Brighton that I don't think anybody expected. Least of all, Mincy, our resident Everton fan. Um, he was buzzing yesterday. But what do you think, Owen? It was definitely just a, a much better performance from Everton yesterday. Yeah, it was serious. Serious. Didn't, nobody expected it, as you said. And, um, look, it showed way the same Dwight McNeil in the first place in the summer. Um, he played absolutely fantastic. Abdelay de Curry was up and down the pitch, something serious. It was just, it, it, it showed, it, it was this, it was a performance of a team that's really trying to stay in the Premier League. And um, I would say that gave a lot of Everton fans hope, that performance yesterday. It definitely gave Mincy hope, who, as we've said before on this podcast, um, he had near enough written them to go down. So, um, no, a brilliant result for Everton, especially against Brighton, away at the Amex. This season, we've seen that that's been a very, very tough fixture. We've seen them turn over teams, even like just last week. Um, but yeah, brilliant result for Everton and, and hopefully they stay up. Yeah, definitely. I, I would be in total agreement with you, um, Oren. I think Dwight McNeil was phenomenal yesterday. Uh, Decore, again, phenomenal. Um, I think the, the positive thing for Everton is just that they have um, so many players back from injury now that it looks like they're going to have their full squad till the end of the season. And Connor, really, you know, I know that yes, they're they're still in that relegation strap, uh, scrap and they're still going to be struggling to, to fight their way out of it. But, I mean, you would say with a full squad, it's definitely a big help to Everton. Yeah, definitely. Um, even with Khaled Lewin back as well, he set up the first goal. I thought he was very good throughout it. Um, I watched them against Leicester as well and I was impressed. I thought there's goals in the side now. Like Previously, it looked like they couldn't score unless it was a set piece. But even like the Corey's second goal was really well worked. Good team goals. Uh, just killed Brighton on the counter. Brighton were very disappointing. They conceded inside 30 seconds. Um, and they never really got to grips with the game until the second half when they did dominate, but the game was kind of over. Uh, thought Dwight McNeil was superb. Um, since uh, Dice has come in, he has been their best player. Um, this season, he's seven goals, three assists, which isn't too bad. Uh but it was it was a very I was shocked obviously in my predictions which were terrible this week I went for a Brighton win uh, because they just beat Man United they seemed to be the beat Wolves six 0 I think last week as well or the previous week uh, mm-hmm. but they just were so flat and they just got they got killed in midfield as well I thought Garner played well and Awobi played well as well so for Everton it's just positive Pickford and Nets was very good too um, just a big positive win for Everton it was only their second win in like twelve games. But I do think now they'll kick on. I see the play City at the weekend. You know, they're at home. Yeah. 
the crowd will be up. It'll be a really good game, exciting game. So I, I can see Everton definitely stand up now. With the full squad back and the playing so well and under Daesh, I, I would say they're going to stay up. Yeah, look, I'm glad you mentioned Pickford there, to be honest. Um, Connor, he was really, really, really good yesterday. Um, or on Sunday, or yesterday. I can't even remember what day it was. It was yesterday. I've got my days all mixed up, but uh, he was really, really good. Um, Oren, obviously, look, Brighton did create chances because Pickford did have to, to make some very vital saves. But w- what did you make of Brighton then yesterday, especially coming off the win over Man United? Did you just think it was maybe a wee bit lacklustre, a bit of fatigue maybe? It could have been, yeah, but it, it's come at the wrong time. This is a, a team that's genuinely in with the chance of getting in the top four, especially considering United's results in the past couple of weeks. Um, and with them having so many games in hand. But I think Deserby, he, he's experienced enough. He, he knows how to get a reaction out of his players. We've seen that before. Um, especially when they got beat there a couple of weeks ago or last week against Nottingham Forest. And then they came out and they won 6-0 against Leeds. So it wouldn't surprise me if next game they come out. I, I'm not sure. I think it might be Newcastle they're playing, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, uh, Arsenal wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal is it? Well, it wouldn't yeah. surprise. Genuinely, it wouldn't surprise me if we get a result um, in the next game, just a reaction result, if you know what I mean. We did see a bit of hope for Brighton. You know, they were creating chances. They did get one goal, but more so in the fact that Adam Ferguson's back. Um, it's unfortunate now that Solly March has got injured, but. Um, look, I'm not worried for Brighton. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure they're going to get European football. It has came at the wrong time, this result. It's came at the right time for Everton. Um, and I think it's just one of them write-off games where they have to move on quickly and, and, and focus on the next game and try and get three points. Yeah, definitely, Oren. Agreed. Agreed, I think, with this Premier League season. The games have just come thick and fast, and you almost have to sort of chalk results off and forget about what's happened um, in your previous fixture. But, Connor, in all seriousness, like... Look, Brighton have been have gone really, really well this season. No doubt about it. They've, they have probably been the surprise package this year in, in the Premier League. But do you think Deserby will look at a performance like that? And is there anything you think he would look at and think, you know, I, I'm a wee bit worried for the rest of the season? Or do you think it is just one of those games? Look, we're chalking it off. It's done. We move on to the next one. Uh, well, he kind of said after the game that a few injuries um, and they just didn't turn up. But he said kind of like, I think to play Arsenal on Sunday, and as Owen said, I wouldn't be shocked if they get a result there because he was kind of like, oh, we won't let this happen again. It's just a blip. But we've been saying this before, like they do drop a lot of points at home, uh, and they made four subs at half time. There was some really poor performances, especially at the back. They were just so, you know, susceptible to a counter attack, and they kind of played into Everton's hands in that way. But second half, there is encouragement there. They did play better. Their XG was higher, but that doesn't really matter because they got beat 5-1. Uh, but they did make Pickford work. He made, like Pickford made some really, really good saves. So I wouldn't be too worried with Brighton. I think it was just one of those ones they just come off a big one against United, 99th minute. And, you know, it's just really hard to keep that level up, especially in a squad that maybe isn't as strong as other teams in the Premier League. Um, but I, I wouldn't be worried again. I, I do think they will get European football. Uh, but I think top four is just a bit of a step too far for them this season. Yeah, look, I, I, to be honest, I would sort of be inclined to agree with you, Connor. I'm, I'm not sure if top four is where they're standing at right now, but definitely, I would agree with you too, Warren. I think European football is well within the realm of possibility. Well, look, moving it on then to another scrap down at the bottom. Um, a result that Southampton really, really could have used at the weekend. Uh, I think that's all, but secured their downfall to the championship. 
defeated 4-3 away to um, Nottingham Forest and, and it ended up just being a cracking game. Oren, what, what, what was your takeaway from, from that game? Two relegation teams battling it out. <laughs> Seven goals, nobody expected that. For, for two teams who really struggled to score so many goals this year, um, if they had played the way both of them played like that all season, you know they mightn't be in the same position that they are now. Um, look, I, I think we've seen the golfing class even between the two teams, even though they're both scrapping against uh, relegation. I think we've seen the golfing class between Nottingham Forest and Southampton in terms of recruitment. Um, we've seen Southampton's, I would say, their best player post the World Cup since he since he signed in January. I think that young fella Alvarez has been or Alcaraz has been fantastic for Southampton. Um, and we've seen him performing. Um, but in terms of Nottingham Forest, it showed it's Steve Cooper's um, what looked like madness in, in the summer transfer window has paid off. Morgan Gibbs-White has been absolutely phenomenal this season. And he was the catalyst for their win yesterday. Um, especially as we touch um, for Danilo's goal was absolutely sublime. Um, he's just been a fantastic player all season. And he could be the man who keeps Nottingham Forest up. But to be honest, if Nottingham Forest are to go down, like I know we've said before, that they do have a realistic chance of going down, he won't be short of suitors. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. I think we maybe talked about him and, and Scarva uh, just after United beat them in the Carabao Cup. And they were the two standout performers even that day for Forest. So I, I, I agree with you, and I think there will be plenty of Premier League clubs lining up to to get his signature. Um, Connor, just on Southampton then. Look, this is their 2022-2023 season so far. So I'm going to call you out a few results that they've got this season. They won 2-1 away to Leicester, 2-1 at home to Chelsea. Um, they drew 1-1 with Arsenal at home they won 2-0 against City in the Carabao Cup they beat Everton 2-1 away they beat Chelsea 1-0 away they beat Leicester 1-0 at home they drew 0-0 with United away they drew 3-3 with Tottenham at home and they drew 3-3 with Arsenal away now in normal circumstances you would hear results like that and think that Southampton's having an absolutely cracking season so why is it that they've been able to pull off these shock results against these teams but when it comes to teams around them they just can't seem to get over the line I don't. I don't actually know. It's just they're just as I've seen this stat. All these games that done the double over Chelsea, the drew with Arsenal twice. It must be just like they can just get up for the the big games, but the teams around them where you need to get the wins when it comes to relegation, they just they just can't step up in the big moments. Um, defensively, they're all over the place. Uh, I know the new manager came in, and it's not really his fault. The team's not good enough. He came in. I think he won two of his first three. They've won zero in their last ten. It's not going to get the job done. It's even when you watch them play, it's like they don't actually play that badly. It's just they're so. It's like they're good going forward, but at the back they're just horrible. They've conceded like over sixty goals this year. Um, I think at the start of the year, the players like Adams and all who wasn't good enough. To, he's still playing to be fair, but he's just not good enough. He's not scoring. They're not scoring enough goals. They've got thirty goals this year, which is like one of the lowest in the division, and. They're just easy to play against. They play some good football, actually, for a team that's at the bottom. Usually when teams are at the bottom, they play not the greatest football, but they do attack, but they just they can't put the ball in the back of the net. I do agree with um, Oren, their their new striker, Alcaraz. Um, he played very well, especially at the Emirates as well. Like they, they played actually pretty decently at the Emirates, but you've seen there as well, they were 3-1 up in the 90th minute, and they just collapsed. So they have that in them as well, but it, it is it's hard to know why... They can put in these results, you know, at Arsenal, at Chelsea, you know, 
but the, the struggle against the teams around them. And that, that is where, you know, you stay up or you, or you go down. You need to beat the teams around you. Yeah, no, agreed, lad. Absolutely agreed. And we're in the end, just quickly before we move on from this game, obviously Southampton do look like they're, they're, they're going to make the drop. Um, I think it is actually, I think if they could beat this weekend, I think it is math- mathematically they, they can't stay up. But would you would you look at Southampton as a potential side to, to bounce straight back up again? Or do you think this is maybe going to be a bit of a, a rebuilding club now for the next few years? It completely depends on who stays at the club and who leaves. Um, I can't see their captain, James Ward-Prowse, staying uh, if they do go down. But if, and I know it's a big if, but if he was to go down to the championship with them, there's no doubt in my mind that he would 100% lead them to the championship title and scrape back to the Premier League. Um, I think he's the main player, to be honest. If if they were to lose some of their like January transfers there and the likes of Suleimano or Inacio or something... I don't think it would have as much of a hindrance as if their captain left. Um, look, Southampton's a good team. Um, they stayed in the Premier League for a good while there whenever they got promoted. Um, they were a stalwart Premier League team, but they were always fighting relegation. So, look, it's it, the time's come for them. Um, but as I say, there, there's plenty of players in that team, young players as well, such as Salasu and Balakacha, who have promising careers ahead of them and they're not going to play in the championship because it is a hindrance in their career especially with both of them now playing international football with Belichick being called up for Germany there and uh, at the start of the year so mm-hmm. it could be difficult for them but if it was my, my opinion personally is that if they keep a hold of James Ward-Prowse like that that's that's the most important thing but like as yeah. we said about Southampton as well, is that they did sell a lot of assets and then they went very young and it's just not worked out. And you know that they have been a selling club for a while and so have, like you know they have been a selling club and eventually it it just happens and you just go down. <laughs> if you keep selling all yeah. your best players, eventually it's gonna catch up to you. Their decision to ten best and it just didn't work this year, unfortunately. Yeah, we said no. that at the start of the year, like the start of the podcast. That we said it was a huge risk and it just has not paid yeah. off at all. No, that's true. That's true. It, it hasn't, and they did. They, they did sign a flurry of youngsters from from academies, and I mean, you could understand that you know the reasoning behind it. But I think all three of us have said at different points of this season, it's all well and good having youth, but you do need experience beside it to sort of back it up and and to help it flourish. And Southampton just haven't got the experience beside the youth to to do that. But anyway, lads, moving on to Craven Cottage, where Fulham got a very resounding five three lead against Leicester again. I feel like all the games yesterday were just really really exciting and uh Fulham and Leicester was yep Fulham and Leicester was was no exception to that so Connor just starting with you then um Fulham Mm -hmm. back to winning ways played some really really good football wee bit shaky at times at the back but what's your what was your overall assessment of of Fulham yesterday then oh the the first 50 minutes 4-0 they were just brilliant I thought they played some superb football William this season has just been Brilliant. I don't know how it's happened. He was so poor at Arsenal. He's come back from Brazil and now he's playing some of his best football. Uh, he scored a fantastic... You know, the free kick was a bit lucky, but his, his second goal was unbelievable to make it 5-1. It's one of those games that says 5-3. You think, oh, it must have been tight, but it wasn't tight. Fulham were just dominant. Uh, they kind of just let them in at the end. Uh, Barnes got a, go- a few goals and Madison got a penalty. It was just a bit of, you know... They were just kind of sleepy at the back. Uh, I thought Leicester, like at the back, they were just atrocious. You know, Sionchu, 
you know, uh, Pratt midfield was terrible. The goalkeeper, who seemed to be playing a bit better recently, was very poor. But for Fulham, it was a really good performance. I thought they were kind of on the beach with some of their prior performances. But you have to give it to them this season, especially Marco Silva has been brilliant manager. 14 wins. I've seen that was like their most since like 1960 in the Premier League, which is yeah. some achievement. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of thought with Silva coming in, you know, he wasn't great at Everton. But this season, they play some really good football. They're really good to watch. They dominated this game. And fully deserve it of the three points. Like obviously Leicester were really poor, but you still need to put these teams away to score five goals at home. Especially your boy uh, Carney as well scored two goals. I couldn't believe he's thirty-two. Couldn't believe it. But because he's been he has been about a while. But I always thought he was like a young player. But he played really well as well. That like this is what's been happening. Wilson's been playing well. They're bringing these lads in, and he's really improving these players. Did you yeah, see someone I... triple gap them in fantasy? No, that always happens, lads. That Tom Carney, one person. <laughs> Jeez. Triple cast, uh, John Kearney in, in fantasy. Well, Joe Watt, fair play to them. They can have my crown if they want. <laughs> that, that's a master show. Um, Oren, on, on the Leicester front then, look, obviously it has been a season of turmoil and I know we're coming towards the end of the season so we're, we're going to sort of look on, on teams overall. But look, it's been turmoil both on and off the pitch for Leicester this season. Obviously got rid of, of Brendan Rodgers. And now they are definitely a club that's going to need to sell and probably rebuild. Do you still give them a chance of staying in the Premier League? And if so, what's it going to take for Leicester over these next few years to to possibly get back to where they were? No, I don't give them a chance. Um, I think the bottom three that is now, which is Leicester, Leeds and Southampton, is the bottom three that's going to go down. Um, I think Leicester, I know... I think I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter saying that a lot has to be said about their owner, um, how he watched, um, other teams around them strengthen and strengthen, and uh, he didn't spend the money, especially when they were a club proper competing for uh, Champions League football and winning FA Cups and stuff, and they didn't spend the money that they should have done to to stay among that bracket, um, so look, it does come down to that as well, and look, Brendan Rodgers probably. Should have known when to leave a bit sooner this season. Um, but no, I don't give him any hope, unfortunately. I, d- I do think they'll come straight back up, but I think it's a step too far at the minute. and uh, They'll need to recruit for the championship next year. They can't be going out thinking that they're the same Leicester City that won the Premier League, the same Leicester City that won the FA Cup a couple of years ago. They need to recruit for the championship because the championship's the hardest league to get out of, in my opinion. I think it's one of the toughest leagues in the world. Is definitely one of the most competitive. Um, so they shouldn't be going down thinking that they're just going to coast through it because they were a Premier League club this year and for the last few years. Um, but they have got players there that will be sold. The likes of James Madison will probably go, or will definitely go, he'll go. But um, the likes of Ndidi will probably go. Um, Telemans is, is a cert to go. Like They need to invest wisely, much like Vincent Company did with Burnley to get them back to the top. Invest for the championship, but players that would have the quality to play in the Premier League a year later. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. Um, I think they will really, really struggle um, to stay in the Premier League this season. I was just interested to see what your take was on it, whether you, you thought they might stay up or not. But, Connor, in all seriousness, like I, I look, all credit to Fulham, and, and I know we maybe haven't spoken a whole lot about them, but all credit to them for the result. But just again, quickly on Leicester, look, we have consistently said all season, you know, there have been a number of players in this Leicester side that just haven't performed this year. So do you think maybe 
just a general question. Do you think maybe the guys like Ndidi are going to have to play outside of the Premier League or do you think there's still a place for them in a Premier League side? He has been a really good player over the last few years and has been linked to some top clubs. So I do believe a player like that, somebody will take a risk on him, even if it's a promoted side uh, next season. Um, and obviously Tillman's going to leave and then Madison, somebody's going to take him on. It'd be more like, I don't know about Harvey Barnes scored a few goals the other day too. So he might go... Um, he's English and he, he is quite young, but uh, with a lot of their play- like they're losing. Sionchu's going. Um, the, the Johnny Evans is aging. Like Johnny Evans was back on the bench and they, they kind of need him back uh, because they're really really struggling. It, it's so weird because we keep saying it all season as well. Um, they're too good to go down. Their squad's too good to go down. But I would agree with Orr now that I really. I don't really give them much of a chance. I look at their fixtures. They play Liverpool, who are flying. They play Newcastle away and West Ham at home. You know, they might get three points out of them three fixtures, and that's not going to be enough. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed, lad, agreed. Well, look, moving it on then to um, teams at the top of the table. Um, Arsenal very convincingly dispatching uh, Newcastle away at St. James's Park, two goals to nil. Um, Oren, I'll come to you first. Look. I know we keep saying Arsenal's out, out, or the title race is pretty much wrapped up. You know, City, it's in their hands. But do you think this is maybe too little too late for Arsenal? Or do you think that the push is still on? No, I wouldn't say the push is still on. Um, I, not because of Arsenal's performances per se, but I just can't see Manchester City dropping another point, to be 100% honest, uh, until the end of the season. And I think actually... A lot of that will depend on tonight's fixture against Real Madrid. If they lose tonight, it could drop a bit of momentum, but you never know. Um, but it was a good result for Arsenal. It wasn't necessarily the best performance. I thought Newcastle actually should have done a lot better. They had some chances. Ramsdale played actually really well. Um, but what annoyed me about this game, what what this game kind of showed me is that Newcastle do need to strengthen um, in the summer going into next season if they want to continue being a top four club or a European chasing club. The, although he was fantastic at the start of the season, Miguel Almiron was horrible when he came on. His decision-making was absolutely shocking, to tell you the truth. Joe Willock played awful as well in the first half. He, he should have had a goal or two goals and then just some of his passes and he tried to take the ball away from Martinelli and run down the lane a couple of times and he ran it straight out of play. And I was just thinking about... like. This is a team that's going to be playing in the Champions League next year. They can't be running with Joe Willock starting every game in midfield. They're going to need to strengthen because Joe Linton and Bruno Gamares are pretty sound uh, midfield and do have the capabilities to play Champions League football. But if they're playing as a three, which they usually have been this season, they need someone else in there as well. Um, so, again, look, there, there's pros and cons to take from the match. It, it was a, a good three points for Arsenal when they needed it. But... Uh, Definitely not the best performance, but the, as I say, it just showed to me that, that Newcastle need to strengthen if they want to maintain their status as a Champions League playing club. Yeah, look, I think that's a fair enough assessment, to be honest, lad. Um, Connor, just uh, again, just to, keeping with Arsenal, um, Odegaard, very good performance. Martinelli, very good performance. And, and you know, I think Saka's been maybe a wee bit quiet in recent weeks, whereas those two guys have really sort of stepped up for Arsenal in, in recent performances. But look, again, same sort of question to you, Connor. Are, are these guys going to be enough to, to maintain a title push or, or do you think that City just have too much? It's just it's the fact that they need to drop points in two games and uh, 
it's going to be very tough. Uh, I know they still do have to play Brighton away last game and they play Everton away. So all Arsenal can do is keep winning. I have to give Arsenal credit. I thought, you know, maybe they didn't play the best performance of the season, but they grinded out a result away to Newcastle, who've lost one game at home in like 23 games. So it's a great result. And Newcastle have been flying. They've won eight of their last nine. Um, I do I do think Arsenal, if they just got to keep the pressure on, that's all they can do. Just keep winning. Uh, at City play before them on Sunday, which you kind of want to be play before City, put a bit of pressure on. But, you know, if they just keep winning and winning, I think City actually probably thought they'll go away to Newcastle, drop points, and then that'll be it over. But, like, Arsenal showed some resilience and they showed they're still fight there. I thought Jorginho was very, very good in midfield. With Arteta, I thought he actually set up pretty well because he's been kind of dropping Partey because Partey can't really... I've been saying it. he is a really good defensive midfielder, but his passing is not up to scratch at times, especially against West Ham, he cost them, um, and at Anfield, he cost them. So he played Jorginho, and I thought Jorginho played brilliantly, especially against that Newcastle midfield, which is very physical. Uh, he, Arteta didn't go, right, I'll go physical against them. We'll just outplay them. We'll just outplay them. We'll play Shaka and Jorginho a bit deeper, and then let Odegaard play in that 10 position and just dominate the game, which he did. He was brilliant as well. Uh, and that's Arsenal's first clean sheet since Saliba went uh, got injured. But for Arsenal, great win. I thought Newcastle played well. Unlucky not to score early. But after that first 15, once Arsenal got the goal, they settled down. And if they just can keep this pressure up, you just never know in the Premier League. Because even last year, like Liverpool kept the pressure up. I know City kept winning too. But they, did, they went 2-0 down to Villa last game. So you just never know. So I kind of, for, you know, a bit of fun, just, just hope Arsenal just keep winning. Because... It'll just at least to make it exciting. If we could get it down to the final day of the season, you just never know. Yeah, agreed. Look, I think that's that's fair assessment from both of these lads. But look, then moving it on to Arsenal's title uh, title challengers, Manchester City. Um, I think you know a player we spoke very highly of on our free agent episode, Ilkay Gundogan. This was really the Ilkay Gundogan show. Um, he broke the most. Uh, he broke his own record for most completed passes in a Premier League game. Um, I mean, imagine doing that, breaking your own record. Like, that's just how good he is. But look, obviously, guys, we had, we had said, look, he's not going to sign the contract with City. He's moving on. But Oren, just on the likes of Gundogan, he will be a massive miss for Man City next season, won't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Just before we do get on to it, I am interested to hear what your opinion would be. Do you think Arsenal still have a chance, Connor? Uh, honestly, I, I, I do. I'm, I'm not writing them off just yet. I think... Uh, honestly, I just think this Premier League season has shown that um, anything is possible. Uh, I mean, how many times have we thought United were home and hosed for top four, and now that's in question? How many times did we did we say, well, to be fair, you were the only one that didn't, Doran, but how many times, Connor, did me and you even say, oh, look, Arsenal's stuck for the titles now. He said he's not strong enough. He said he's not the team they were fucking three years ago. So it, it's, it is just hard to call. I'm not going to rule them out because, I mean, mathematically, it's still possible for them, but I do agree with you, Oren. I don't see City dropping points for the rest of the season. But look, yeah. playing Madrid tonight, it's like you said, if they get beat tonight, will that halt their momentum? But it's like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think United have a better chance of beating City in a one-off cup final than Madrid do of beating City over two legs, to be completely honest. No, that's, uh, that's 100%. I was just interested, just because... You know, we, we always we always change our opinions, and especially coming into the end of the season, you do never know what's going to happen. Like when Connor was saying there about um, 
Liverpool last year just keeping up with City right until the very end. That got me thinking, oh, do you know what, actually? It literally did go until the second half of the fucking last game of the season. So if it does go to that there, it'll be class. And it's just weird whenever you're talking about all this talk about City potentially winning a treble and they could genuinely, there's a good chance. Well, not a good chance, but there's a, there is a realistic chance that they win nothing this year. Which is LK going to one. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He, to me, that would show, this performance yesterday would show, or on Saturday, sorry, would show that um, he needs to be signing a new contract. If I was Pep Guardiola, that's the first thing I would do. Um, but then again, Pep Guardiola knows a lot more than me. <laughs> so he, he must answer? know what he's doing. He must have someone coming in. <laughs> well, hello, Richie, lad. What do you think? I, I, I think he's a bollocks, lad. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, look. He, well, he must be a bollocks because. Fucking, how could you let go of LK going to one on the free? Um, but yeah, looks like he's either going to go back to Germany or he's being linked with Barcelona as well. Um, it's going to be a major, major coup for whoever gets him. And uh, yeah, huge loss for, for Man City because he will go down as one of their club legends. Not that they have fucking many because they're only established in 2010. But <laughs> the, I was about to say, I haven't got many. Jesus Christ, he will go down as a club legend. But yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a big miss for that midfield because he can step in anywhere in that midfield. He plays a six, he plays an eight, he plays a ten, and that's so hard to find in in world football these days. Most footballers, especially in midfield, are pretty set in stone where they're going to play and can't really adapt too well. But he's one of the players who'd play anywhere for you, and I think Manchester City won't realize what to have until he's gone. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. I think the, the recruitment department's going to have a bit of a headache this summer trying to trying to replace Gundogan. Um, Connor, just then on the on the lead side of the game, um, look, I, I know it's always difficult um, playing Manchester City. Everybody in the league knows that. But Leeds did show a little bit of a fight and probably, probably more of a fight than we've seen in recent weeks from them. You know, I think when you gave that stat last week that... They had conceded X amount of goals under the previous manager. But now Big Sam's in. And yes, he's only got uh, five five or four games left to try and change the fortunes around. But again, same question I'm asking for all the relegation sides. Is there any possibility that Leeds stay in the Premier League? I, I don't think so, to be honest. I looked at their fixtures too. And, you know, they've Newcastle and West Ham away and Tottenham. It's going to be really tough. Uh, I know they did only concede two goals, but... Haaland could have had about six, really. He had six shots. He had four of them. He probably should score. On another day, that's seven, eight, nil. I'm not I'm not even joking. I know first half especially, they were just completely dominated. I know Allardyce came out and said after second half, we played better, a bit of encouragement. But we've been saying it all season, the amount of goals they concede and chances they concede, I just don't see them winning Um any of those games, really. Uh, I know Rodrigo scored at the end. It was through an error. They did show a bit of fight at the end. You know, last 10 minutes, there was a bit of nerves, but City, City were just dominant. And I know every team that goes to Man City is going to probably be dominated, but with Leeds, you know, they've conceded, I think I said last month in April, they conceded the most goals ever in a month period or period. Um I just don't see where their goals are coming from either. I know they did score with Rodrigo, but I thought Bamford was very poor, and I think he's been really poor all season. Uh, I've seen like in a uh, a load of videos of him, how many chances he misses. Like he does miss a lot of chances. Um, so for Leeds, I, I give them. I honestly give them no hope. 
I just I think they have no chance under Allardyce. Or I think if they maybe had brought him in a, f- a bit sooner, but I, I think it's too little, too late. Yeah, I I would be inclined to agree with you. To be honest, Connor, I, I just I don't see it with Leeds either myself. To be honest, um, I've I've thought Leeds for the last couple of months they're just. They're just not good enough. The, the the squad's just not great, to be honest. But anyway, moving it on to Anfield, where Liverpool managed to beat Brentford one goal to nil. Uh, Mohamed Salah, the goal scorer. Um, again, just weren't one of those players that we had highlighted as maybe underperforming, but his numbers this season are actually pretty pretty good. Um, so positives for Liverpool. Um, they, I think. United still have a game in hand over them. I think Newcastle also have a game in hand over them. Look, what's the best Liverpool can hope for this season, Oren? Is there that outside shot of Champions League? Um, or are we looking more at, you know, Europa League for for Liverpool? I think there is a realistic chance at Champions League, to be honest, especially after United's last two results. Um, but yeah, we've still got a game in hand and we just need to bounce back because even though Liverpool didn't play the rest football against Brentford, they still got the result. And, and that's all that matters at this stage of the season, especially when they are competing for top four against other clubs around them. Um, but to me personally, I think they're going to get Europa League. Um, I think it'll be between them and Aston Villa, as I said last week. Um, I think Brighton's definitely going to get Europa League. Um, and I think Spurs going to get Conference League. Um, oh, it was a good result for for. Liverpool, as I say, they didn't play the best football, but they got a win against one of the toughest clubs to, to face in the Premier League. Um, like we know, we've talked about it all season. Thomas Frank's side is so regimented and it's so rigid, and you know what you're going to get. You're always going to have a tough battle, especially in that midfield. Um, but they've done the job. Um, got a good result. Mohamed Salah on the score sheet again. Yeah, he, in for for Mohamed Salah, he has been underperforming. Not necessarily on numbers, but he hasn't been. He hasn't had the performances. He hasn't had the same influence he's had on Liverpool's seasons in recent years. But yeah, he's scoring the goals. He's showing that he's still their main man. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he left in the summer. To be a hundred percent honest, but if if he was to leave, there'd be major major problems at Liverpool because he he is realistically their main scoring output, like. Considering they've got Jota, they've got Nunes, they've got Gakpo now as well. They've got uh, Louis Diaz. He's still their, their main man. Even though he's not playing up front, he's not always set to play on the right wing. He's sometimes on the left, he's sometimes behind the striker. He's just He can play anywhere. But um, in terms of actual performances, I would say he's still underperformed for Liverpool this season. And I think that kind of shows in the league, considering where they are and they're out of the, all the cup competitions. But yeah, he's getting his goals and a good result for Liverpool in the time when they really, really needed to keep that momentum going. Yeah, definitely, lad. Definitely. I think, yeah, when you look at it on, on the surface, you know, yeah, the goals and the assists are still there, but I, I would absolutely agree with you. I think his performances this season have probably left a lot to be desired. And, and I know a lot of Liverpool fans feel that way as well. You know, he's maybe not as involved as he has been in, in previous seasons. But look, I suppose for a player like that, you know, when you're still scoring the goals and you're still contributing to goals, um, it is it is about as much as you can do, really. Um, I think it doesn't help him that what, sits behind them in terms of that midfield. I mean, the amount of times the three of us this season have, have cried out that, that that midfield is just not good enough. But, Connor, then, just looking at Brentford, um, 
last couple of weeks they they have uh drop points um in games that you know they, they could have maybe made more of a challenge in um again i know you'd said maybe earlier about it looked like fulham were on the beach do you think that maybe at brantford do you think maybe at this stage of the season they're just happy to finish in the top half or can they see themselves pushing for a late european spot no i think i think this season they will finish ninth or tenth i think that's as good as it's going to get for them it's been a really good season for brantford um the game in general wasn't the greatest Brentford didn't create very much. They only had one shot on target. I know that a goal disallowed, or he was just offside. But I actually was disappointing or disappointed in Brentford's output. To be honest, uh, I thought Liverpool deserved the win. They could have been, they could have won by a few more goals, really. Um, but for for Brentford, it will just be they've got top ten, which they would have took at the start of the year, and they just try and grow on this. Uh, for Liverpool, like six in a row, it, like their last five have been by one goal. You know they're nick, they're nicking results really, but and they're not even playing that well. I, I wasn't really that impressed by them. You know they should have won by more because Gakpo missed a two yard tapping. I don't know how he missed. Um, and Salah obviously scored again. I would agree with you lads. I don't think he's been up to standard. Um, on the ball especially. Uh, but he he scored four goal or thirty goals this season in all competitions, which is a really good achievement. Um, for the last six seasons he's done that. Uh. And I think he's like he's now scored more goals than Steven Gerrard for Liverpool. So you got to give him credit there for Liverpool as well. I think they're actually, they're not unlucky because they didn't play well enough. But I would be I would have been worried with Man United. They definitely could have caught us if there was a few more games. Say there was like five games left instead of three. I think they would have had a really really good chance. But with United having these fixtures coming up, especially at home where they are better, I think it's just a little too little too late. But you you got to give them credit. Six in a row is in the Premier League is a great achievement. But for Brentford, I do think their season basically is over. They're going to come ninth or 10th. It's between them and Fulham for that position. But it's been a great season. But I think recently as well, their, their performances have definitely dipped. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. And just moving it on then to the vitality. Um, Bournemouth beaten by Chelsea. Three goals to one. Fat Frank gets his first three points on the board for Chelsea. Um, they're mathematically safe lads they can't be relegated now at this stage which is unfortunate but Oren coming to you with it Chelsea did just look a bit more impressive um, against Bournemouth and looks like these last few games of the season they're playing for pride and playing to show that they're better than what they actually have been this year what was your takeaway from Chelsea then against Bournemouth do you know what lad I actually disagree with you I think Chelsea looked forward again to be honest I think they just took their chances when it mattered um, this it shows how bad Chelsea have been this season a game against Bournemouth Chelsea should be walking away with at least a 3 goal win or 3 nil win or something like that like, it shouldn't be a case where Bournemouth are near enough favourites to win I'm not sure which one of you it was done the predictions for this game but predicted Bournemouth to win and I completely agreed um, it might have been me actually. I'm talking shit. It might have been me, or was it you? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was me. I, I thought Bournemouth were going to win anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just. I, 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 I got all my predictions wrong, lad. So like, could have been me too. Oh, my predictions were ass too, lad. Fucking I got one so right. Four scheme. That was it. It was me, oh, lad. I, lad. I said it was you, lad. Yeah, but I, I agreed with it completely, lad. I agreed completely. I thought Same. they were going to win. Um. But I don't know. I didn't think Chelsea played particularly well. I thought it was 
a bit weird whenever Jay Felix scored and he was like pointing at the Chelsea shirt as if he's been fucking <laughs> their superstar or whatever. I don't know what the hell is going on there. He's definitely leaving as well, so I don't know what he's doing. Oh, doing mate. He, he shut up the vitality is what he done. <laughs> Fuck me. Quiet the 11,000 fans, lad. Oh, lad. What an idiot. <laughs> he cracked a footballer. An absolutely cracking footballer. But when I seen that there, I was like, <laughs> what do you think you are? Your wee fella Vinia's goal was unreal. Yeah. Ryan Christie and him and Solanke played some beautiful, beautiful football for that goal. Bournemouth played some great football in that first half and they just really couldn't make a count. But yeah, it wasn't the best performance for Chelsea, but look, they needed a win, especially, as you say, for Frank getting his first win. <laughs> and how many games? Not even just for Chelsea, the, but how many games? He nearly done the 007, lad. 007, but... You'd have got Asian Frank, 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 Big fat Frank, Frank. Oh, madness. The only, madness. That was the only reason we're talking about Chelsea in this video. He's so bad. Look, the only reason I'm saying that they played better, I don't actually mean they played better. The only reason I'm saying they played better is just they created three clear cut chances and they scored three they goals. Did. That, yeah, you know, in, pre- in previous weeks, they would not have been goals. That's the only reason I'm saying that they played better. By all means, I agree with you, Warren. I mean, on the actual pitch. The performance wasn't great, but I suppose in football, yeah. if you if you create three chances and score three goals, you have to look at that as a positive. Um, oh, definitely. That's clinical when it mattered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Connor, just on the Bournemouth side then, obviously, they have picked up form recently and, and they have looked to be a bit of a danger, especially against the bigger sides. They have thrown their weight about. Um, they've picked up some decent points in, in recent weeks. Um, where did Bournemouth go then? realistically realistically looking at it for next season like it does look like they're going to stay in the premier league and i know on this podcast when we make definitive statements like that no <laughs> doubt bournemouth will go down now but realistically what can they do to better themselves next season it's obvious that they need signings but where is it that you think is the most affected area at bournemouth at the minute um well obviously lerma is gonna go i think so they're gonna have to fix that position to be fair, to be fair to for, or to um, Bournemouth, you know, Neto's done okay for them. Solanke's been really good this season. Probably looking a bit better than Christie in that position. Um, their new sign in Otara has been brilliant as well. Billing's been really good this season. It, actually, it probably would be left back, right back. I know they got that by Vina, who scored a great goal, but I've seen a bit of the game, and defensively, he's not good enough, to be honest. He got bypassed a good few times, um, and he's on loan from Roma, I think. So I don't even know if they'll... They'll take him on. And then this the your boy um Smith, he's sitting in left back, so maybe improving them positions. But for Bournemouth, I think you just gotta give them credit because with that squad, and I think we all had them down. They won five games in April. I thought they were the better team, as I would agree. I thought they were better than Chelsea. I thought Chelsea were rubbish again. Um Solanke should have had a penalty, the Thiago Silva one. Like yeah. I don't know why that isn't a penalty. Uh there was an angle that looked like he got the ball. But let's be honest here, he was nowhere near the ball. So I don't understand nowhere that near. one. Uh, it should have been a penalty that changes the game. They missed a sitter to make it 2-1 as well. The uh, second Chelsea goal was really sloppy. Uh, so if I was a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't really take much confidence from it. For Frank, it was just a, just a must-needed win. Like I think it was a second win in like 20-something games in the Premier League. You know, before that with Everton, his record was brutal too. I think, it, I think that it lost 10 in a row or something. You know, combined with the two teams, which is just, you know, just banterous, to be honest. But um, Chelsea get a win. You have to give them credit. They got a win. But even Gary O'Neill said after that, you know, 
if they'd have been clinical, they would have won that game, 3 or 4-1. They should have got a penalty. Uh, I think it's okay because they're... Like, I've seen Bournemouth haven't got a penalty all season and Chelsea haven't conceded a penalty. You know, mm. which is crazy too. VAR, but just add it again. Yeah, always causing controversy. And yeah. Well, the takeaway from this game, Fat Frank, some manager back. Some manager. I hope he stays well, on, lad. I hope he gets his chance next year. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. He's a young manager and he can beat Bournemouth. Up and so coming, lad. Some manager, lad. Some manager. Well, moving it on anyway to Spurs and Crystal Palace. Spurs managing to get the 1 0 win. Of course, the saviour will be Man United's number nine next season, Harry Kane. Um, really, guys, not much to say about this game. It was a bit flat, but when Spurs, when the, when the, when the chance presents itself to Harry Kane, it's only going to end up one place, isn't it, Oren? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think, it, I'm not, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure now that's the most headed goes in the single Premier League season. It is. Uh, it is. He's, he's yeah. brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And do you know what is so good about him? Like, I know we've seen it for years, especially in the last like two or three years with the connection between him and Son, but I could not get over his link-up play, especially for the goal. His pass to Pedro Porro was unbelievable and he didn't even think about it he just hit the ball and he hit it straight out to Pedro Porro who's actually played well recently to be fair to him um, but yeah he's, he's just so deadly Harry Kane and he's Jesus I hope he, I hope he's up front for Man United next season I really really do he's, he's a serious serious footballer and he, he would make our team a hell of a lot better but a good result for Spurs especially like all of us are really are near enough writing them off for Europa League as well, let alone European football. But um, no, it, it's a step in the right direction. Ram Mason, look, up and coming manager, him and Fat Frank, <laughs> you know, <laughs> can beat Crystal Palace. <laughs> Who knows, lad? Who knows? It's, <laughs> it's, it's mad he's only 31. I, guess I know, I. Roy Hodgson's 75. He's 31. 40 oh, years ahead, lad. That's mad. Keep him that's on at Spurs, mad. too. Keep him on at Spurs, Frank at Chelsea. Unreal, lad. Why not? Why not? Bring Ollie back, fuck it. Get Ollie. Oh, get, oh God. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Connor. You've sort of broached my last, or my, my question to you. It was, <laughs> you sort of answered a bit of it there. Um, I was going to look at the ages of the two managers. And obviously, like you said, Roy Hodgson's 75. Do you think Palace would keep him on next year, or do you think that they're just going to go into the summer and try and get somebody different? It's a good question because he has done a good job. They're really well organized now. They're scoring more goals. I know they didn't score in this game, but they created the chances. I thought it was a pretty even game. I, I could easily see him staying on, staying on another year, because um, he has improved some of the players as well, and they have some good young players. Uh, it'll just be up to Palace. It's a risk again. If if they risk it, they can always bring him back again. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's just it's a really tough one because they've done this before a few times. They've risked. I think they went. Was it uh, what do you call the Dutch manager? They brought in. Oh, um, the way they used to play for De Boer. Uh, De Boer, no. De Boer yeah, Frank. De brought De him in, and it Frank was a disaster. Yeah. You know, they brought Vieira in, who'd done all right, but then they sacked him. They kind of like that, don't they? Bring in a young manager, give him a chance. And then if it goes per ship, then they bring in Roy. Yeah, that's true. That's Roy, Hodgson, to do it. Roy Hodgson and Sam, Big Sam and all them boys, they, they they just wait around till like April <laughs> and they just wait for the call to come through to come and oh, keep that's... some team up. Like, 
it's, oh, incredible. it's like, it but is, like with Spurs there like with Spurs it is a good win and they could get seventh it is a possibility and it is their first clean sheet I think in ages and with Harry Kane as well I would agree with Oren like the way he created his own chance like he got the ball gives it to Poro gets in the position you know like he just he always seems to be in the right place at the right time just to get them headers and if he's going to come to Man United he's going to have to create all his own chances by the looks of it <laughs> Yeah, it's true to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Well, look, I suppose that's the perfect segue then into United. Um, not going to lie, I was fuming watching the game. I was sitting with mum and dad watching it, and I was like, this is just absolutely brutal. Look, lads, the one thing I would say is over the last few weeks, I have thought United have looked very leggy, very, very tired. I think fatigue is really, really starting to, to catch up to them. But at the end of the day, it's no excuse. Every other team is playing football matches too, so... I'm not, not trying to use it as an excuse, but Oren, what was your takeaway then? West Ham, good value for the win. United, not? Um, Yeah. United were, well, De Gea was the man who created our downfall, to be honest. Um, not that we played particularly well anyway, but the momentum completely changed after that because first 10 minutes we looked like we were really gonna we looked like we were gonna blow West Ham out of the water especially with Rashford playing really really well in the first 10 minutes but as usual just getting overrun in every single position we can't create anything in fairness to United anytime we went forward West Ham had 11 men behind the ball but it's no excuse this is Manchester United we should never be getting beat by West Ham um, and of course, it was a stupid, stupid mistake from from one of our best ever players to to lose the game for us. Yeah, I think the the mistake was just a a total calamity. It it didn't look good. Like when I first seen it go in, I was sort of looking about me going, "What?" And then they slowed it down and played it back, and I was like what <laughs> it was just comical <laughs> really <laughs> it was just stupid yes. um look connor I, I seen a thing today united are performing um they're the 16th worst team uh below their xg which is not a good sign obviously tells you that we need <laughs> a clinical number nine um <laughs> what was your takeaway from the game in all seriousness like there's i i can't look i can't give united any positives because they were fucking brutal to be honest well, first half, we were the better team, especially until they scored. But a lot of our chances are half chances, really. A lot of them are long shots with Anthony or Bruno. Well, you know, there's no clear-cut chances, which is just so frustrating to watch. Um, And you know what? Like, obviously, Weghorst isn't good enough. And then we brought Martial on. And he did it. He, he brought a bit of something. But again, he can't finish. So... They don't get many chances, so they have to take them, which is, you know, a lot of our teams, like you look at Holland there, he missed six chances. He gets six chances in a game. A, a United striker may get six chances in about five games. Like, that's just the difference. We don't create enough. Um, I thought first half, you know, we played okay, and then we conceded, and then we just dropped the heads. And honestly, second half, we were just woeful. They completely outplayed us. Rice, I thought Paqueta played well. Bowen, Antonio was just bullying us as well. Um, the De Gea goal was just crazy. I just couldn't believe it went in. I was just in shock. Um, like there was no deflection. It was straight at him, but it kind of slipped. I just don't understand how it went in. To be honest, his fourth early into goal this season. That's him tied top of the league with Lloris. Uh For United, it is. I would agree with you with the tiredness thing. 
I've seen this is our first full week now with no games since Christmas, which is yeah. crazy. You know, a week off, which will help. But we have invested a lot in the squad. We do have a few players on the bench. You know, Sancho came on and done nothing. I don't know why I didn't bring Garnacho on. Um, I, actually, with Ten Hag, we had talked so well about him making good subs. And I honestly think his team selection has been poor recently. And his subs have been poor as well. I think they're costing us. I think even you look at that Brighton game on Thursday, we basically set up the last 30 minutes and to just take a point. We didn't even go for them. And you look at the, what Everton did to them. Like, you could have went for it. And maybe it is just to do with tiredness. He knows better than me. He sees the players. He knows what he has. I think Ten Hag knows. Like, we're nowhere near the finished article. And we need so we need reinforcements in the summer. If we could somehow get Champions League football, it would be a miracle, to be honest. And I... I'd be worried about it now with Liverpool. I would still be worried because the way we're playing, we're not we're not creating enough and we're not scoring. So, and away from home especially, we are shit. Eight defeats yeah. away from home all season. You know, two wins in nine and away from home in twenty twenty three. It's costing us. Like at home, we're okay, but away we are just so easy to play against. Just get bypassed in midfield as well. The last game, I thought Casemiro didn't play well again. I don't think he has been up to the standard since he's came back I don't, I don't think he has played what he was playing at but it's just not his fault there's other players there too yeah no, I know I have a question for you lads yeah would you rather as United fans would you rather have top four and no FA Cup win or an FA Cup win and no top four oh I know my answer straight away Champions League football 100% we need it lad we need it the you know, entice the players to come to us, and especially because Liverpool will get it over us, it would hurt. You know, I know an FA Cup's a trophy and all, but we've got a trophy this season. I think Champions League is vital, and I think with Liverpool as well, if they get that Champions League football, lad, they could reach that next level again, because we're seeing yeah. it with Klopp. Even with a shit midfield, he can get results, so imagine he goes out and gets even more money to spend. So I think we we need Champions League football next year. Yeah, yeah. I agree, to be honest. I, I know it's like... against your rivals in all the city, but Champions League football is just essential. Yeah, I would like to see Champions League football back next season. Partly because I love going to Champions League games. Um, and mm-hmm. I know I know we're going to try and get to a few games next year, and, and I do want to get to a Champions League game. So I would love Champions League back yeah. for 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 that. Mm-hmm. To be honest, um, it it is always hard. I think maybe like we've already won a trophy this season so ultimately you're going to be happy because you got to celebrate a trophy this year that we haven't got to celebrate in seven years but yeah i think just at the minute i would probably take champions league football as well over the fa cup but i in my head i still think united have the capabilities to do both um let's go <laughs> i was gonna say though i was gonna say <laughs> I was going to say, if we don't get top four, though, and we go into that FA Cup final, we have no no chance. I would yeah. give us zero chance because I, we look, will be gone. Our heads You're will be fucking gone. optimistic anyway, Dorman, aren't you? Fucking well, if you, think, if you think about it, lad, if we go and lose two of our next four and we don't get Champions League football, do you actually think we have a hope of beating Man City? You're flying. We've won 10 in so the Premier League. So I honestly think we have zero chance. The way we're playing at the minute, there's no <laughs> chance. Look at West Ham done this, lad, and Brighton as well. It's just, uh, it's hard to be optimistic, lad. We're playing hard to get, lads. We're 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 giving yeah, Liverpool we're a chance. We're saving all the energy and the goals for that game. Fucking right, we are. We're, we're yeah, making good. Liverpool fans think they have a chance. Wake Horse, the Martial are saving all his goals. Water, lad. Wake Horse is saving all his goals for that game, lad. He's going to score a hat trick. The <laughs> fucking ideas, lad. I still believe. Oh, oh he it's is tragically. Imagine we don't Martial? get top four, lads. lads. If we don't get top four, 
after giving Liverpool so much stick the whole year and they finish above us, it would just be heartbreaking. What do you mean, what about Martial? What are you, what are you, gonna, what are you messing about now? I was sitting beside you, Connor, as well, during that Brighton game, and you said it right, lad. He had the chance one-on-one, and he kicked it straight at the goalkeeper. What else do you expect? He got it on target, lad. Loved on target. Can't ask for much more. What, what, what are you expecting? Like, do you want him to rainbow <laughs> second over the keeper's head? Like, what, what do you, do you know what I'm saying? You know, the fella's only got nine league goals in three years. I've seen that. Holy it's ghost. not great. Fucking hell, bitch. Even at the end, the header, he... He has to at least get. Oh, what was he doing? Oh, it's just—he's so frustrating as well. Because he's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He—he's got all like it's just the end product. Uh, (laughs) You're actually trying to fucking move it on. (laughs) Well, move it on here. I'm not having any. So fuck away on half the days. <laughs> That's not as Nine goals in three years. <laughs> Holy God. Okay. I know he was on loan at Sevilla there, but yeah. I don't think he scored at them for them either, to be honest. But Right, right. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm moving it on. <laughs> hey, last game of the game week. <laughs> Wolves beat Aston Villa 1-0. Bit of a shock result. Um, but considering Wolves took like a pump they right in the week before and uh, but Villa have actually dropped points now in their last couple of games. Um, really, from we started bigging them up, they've actually dropped um, six <laughs> points. Um, but look, Oren, what, what did you think of it? Were Wolves good value for the win? Yeah, it was too. It was what we've been saying about Rooney Emery in the last couple of weeks. We've seen in Julian Lapataki uh, in this game. It was he, he had set up his team to face Rooney Emery's team. He hadn't set his team up. Maybe, not necessarily his best 11 just because of, of form or whatever he set it up to what he best suited what he thought best suited the other 11 players on the pitch um, yeah a good result for them a good result for them we've seen a bit of feistiness as well as you usually get with Diego Costa but we've seen it um, no it was it was a good game um, two tactic, tactically sound teams um, having, having a go at each other and um Definitely eases the pressure on on Wolves, and I'm pretty sure that's near enough them guaranteed safety as well. Um, and especially with the the talk that there's been in terms of transfers for Wolves, um, recently with the likes of Ansu Fati or whatever, if that's to believed, um, they could be going places next season again. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. I, I think that that Ansu Fati link was very, very um intriguing. Um, I think seventy million that's going to cost them. It's it's a lot of money for. For a player Crazy. with a, a pretty sketchy injury record, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Connor, yeah, I mean, I suppose then from from an Aston Villa point of view, um, look, they have dropped points in these last few weeks. Um, but I suppose, look, they did create chances in this game as well. Um, Watkins has slowed down a wee bit. That was probably to be expected, but um, they'll still be looking for a strong finish to the to the end of the season, won't they? Yeah. Uh, back-to-back defeat, defeats, but they were unbeaten in 10 before this. Um, Emery was kind of like, they played well in the first half, disappointed in the second half. They did create chances, um, but they, just, they conceded early, and Wolves are very well set up. You know, they've won seven of their last nine home games, and of the most clean sheets at home in the Premier League. Like, that is crazy to think for a team that was sitting bottom at Christmas of them yeah. stats. Um, but for Villa, yeah, Watkins has kind of dipped in form, I kind of depend on him to score goals. Uh, but, 
you know, with Villa, like it's been, it has been a good season and they have a lot of positives to take into next season. Mings should have scored at the end. It was kind of a sitter, even for a centre back, he, he has to score that. You know, they're sitting, they still have a good chance. Like they're, well, they're three off Tottenham now. It is going to be tough actually to get into the top seven, but for Villa to get your, to even be challenging for European football after what the start they had, it is a good achievement. Um, I, I just want to say like one wool stat, which is crazy. Like I know they got the 40 points are safe now. Only two players have scored more than two goals in the Premier League for Wolves this season. I just thought that was Same mental. <laughs> and Lapetegui said after the game, that was his greatest achievement in managerial and his management so far to get them out of that position because they, they were like five points adrift, 10 points at Christmas. And he said people thought he was mental taking that job, but he has done a really, really good job to get them out of that situation. Yeah, that is that's absolutely mad to be honest. Um, well, look, uh, that that'll do it for the Premier League coverage. Moving on to our picks of the week, then Connor, coming to you first. Who is your player of the week this week? Actually, it was a a tough week to pick again. Um, you know, obviously, like Willian scored a few goals, Dwight Carney scored a few goals, um, but I think what's said about it, Dwight McNeil was sensational against Brighton, especially who are top team. Uh, two goals and assist. Uh. You know, Sean Dice was kind of like, he just tried to, you know, get him to play more forward, attack players the way he used to at Burnley. And you're seeing the results now because he's starting to score goals, seven goals, three assists. And a lot of them have came since Dice has come in. And if they're going to stay up, he's going to have to keep continuing this form. Even his finishes were brilliant. And even the assist he got was the own goal, but he done all the hard work. He took on two players, beat them for pace and, you know, got lucky, but still got to give him credit, took it around his third, or his second goal, was, or his first goal, sorry, was very good as well, took it around the keeper, he showed really good poise, and um, yeah, I'm just going to give, it, give, him, give him player of the week, two goals and an assist, anybody who had him in fantasy, congrats. Yeah, can't, can't disagree with you, lad, uh, McNeil was excellent this week, I mean, look, McNeil was always one of those players that I personally thought was, was always really, really decent, to be honest, and I know, okay, maybe his output and the goals and the assists didn't match it, but I, I always thought he was a, a pretty decent performer, I always thought he was probably Burnley's most creative outlet and probably their best player, what what about you, Oren, what, what, what do you take with McNeil? No, I, I always like McNeil. Like you don't come through Manchester United's academy for no reason. You're you're obviously a good footballer. Um, he was really good at Burnley. Um, and it didn't surprise me when when he was picked up by Everton. I was a bit surprised at the fifteen million pound fee, but uh, I always did think he was going to come good because even when Jermaine had that big long spell of like not scoring, yeah, but he had like yeah. like like three hundred shots or something or two hundred shots or something, um. Uh, he always was still probably their most dangerous player. Um, and yeah, look, I hope he does kick on from it because I do like the fella um, and he, he deserves to do well. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. I, I think that's a good pick of the week, to be honest, Connor. Um, my fantasy pick of the week then, lads, I'm going. Newcastle have a double game week this week with away to Leeds and home to Brighton. Um, but I am going for the big Swede up top and going Alexander Isaac. I just think that on a double game week, he's worth a punt. Um, he's been amongst the goals recently. And I do think he is the type of player in a double game week that could pick you up at least a goal, maybe two goals. Definitely, Definitely lad. He's been brilliant all season. He was unlucky not to score against Arsenal. And he's been flying. He's even getting a few assists as well. So, yeah, a good one. And My on, opinion? Man. To your opinion, Orn, yeah, whack us with it. Yeah, um, so 
I, I was so tempted to go with an opinion that I've already said. Well, I kind of am, but I, I was tempted to go with about David De Gea not signing a new contract, um, or shouldn't be offered a new contract. I was tempted to go for that, um, because I, I do still feel quite passionately about that. But I'm going to simultaneously plug our free agents episode. So we're not going to talk much about this opinion, because we've already heard all of what we've said. You might have seen it on social media in the last couple of days as well. Um, I think Wilfred Zaha is good enough to play for a, a, a traditional big six club. And I think he will go to a traditional big six club um, after he leaves Crystal Palace this summer. Um, and as I say, we've already chatted about this. So make sure and head over to the, the bottom bids extra and you'll hear our full debate. It was a, an hour long episode and I think we spent a good 20 minutes talking about Wilfred Zaha. So um, make sure and go over and check that out. But that's my opinion of the week. I have a bone to pick with you, bye. The way you framed that short made me look like a fool. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just thought it was very Richie Bass. <laughs> I don't think so. That's what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I was sort of watching it and I was going, he, he's a bastard. He's taking the clickbait <laughs> stuff out of that. <laughs> but oh, you know so, what? Uh, which team do you think he'll go to then in the top six? Traditional big six, I would say Spurs. See, like that's his only one. Like who else? Think, that's where that's on? where I want him to go to. What? I don't that, think they'll take him on. I genuinely, it it favorite to go to Arsenal. Like, I think that's mad. Genu- like, I like genuinely. Like, I don't know. We've already it, talked about it, but I I genuinely. It is mad. mad. It is mad. But do you know what? He's, he is Premier League proven. And as a backup option, whenever you're going to be, well, hopefully fighting for top four, fighting for titles again, like, it does make sense when you genuinely think about it. And, like, when I was listening back to our uh, free agents thing, like, we were talking about him as if 30 was, like, 50. Do you know what I mean? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. 30 is definitely, yeah. it's not old anymore, but I, I just, I don't know, lad. I don't know. I just, oh, I don't like the fella. <laughs> That's all I got. I, I honestly, I That's just think it was, my argument was just that he wouldn't accept, you know, being a bench player at Arsenal. Um, I know that we'll have a lot of fixtures next year, but even the way he reacted like a few weeks ago to the, getting taken off, he was just like, I'm too good for this kind of thing. So I just didn't think mm. he would go to a club like Arsenal. I thought he would go to a club where he's going to start every week because at Arsenal, he's not going to start every week. No chance. He might get on I a few games be a season, you know. But he might get It's definitely going to be an interesting saga over the summer because, look, yeah. I do agree with you in the sense, or in that there'll definitely be no shortage of suitors for him. I just, yeah. and he's a name I, as well. Look. Yeah, I just don't know whether they're come, they're going to come from the big six or like you know, like a Brentford or somebody like that. There, I'm just, I'm mm. not quite sure to be honest. But look, I think that's going to do it for this episode, anyway, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for all the feedback, all the support on our recent episodes. Um, we will have an episode coming out this Friday as well. We're going to stick with our top fifteen lists because, to be honest, they're doing quite well at the minute, and that's where we can get mm-hmm. most of our good content for our shorts, um, and for our Instagram and TikTok. So keep it tuned and listen out for friday's episode like i said if you haven't already please go and listen to the top 15 summer transfers or the top 15 free agents it is good content folks and maybe that's us blowing our own trumpets or whatever i don't care it is good content to be honest um you're missing if you don't listen to 
well that's, that's it yeah. that's it you're you're missing out you're missing out you're missing out on good football knowledge because i like some of those free agents we talked about the other day you wouldn't even have thought there were free agents coming up this summer so yeah. it, it was definitely a good lesson um as always, follow us at Ball and Bins Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. There is a lot more content coming up on, on those platforms um, in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, find us on the Parlay Sports app, PRLY Sports on the Apple App Store. Again, we've got some content planned for over the summer coming on Parlay. Mm-hmm. And as always, folks, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. <laughs>